Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored presented by Burns and McCoy. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, however you're listening to the podcast, or maybe you're watching the podcast over on YouTube. That's cool. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Then you can share it with your friends. And if you're able, go ahead and give it a nice review. Today's episode, we're talking about the original reality show, sports. And we're going to take a trip down memory lane that's going to blow your mind when it comes to the Denver Broncos. But first, do yourself and your family and your friends a favor. Grab some Burns and McCoy. They got amazing hot sauce. I always tell you every single episode uh, how much I love their hot sauce. And it ain't no joke. But they also got some amazing dressings. Mustards, margarita mix, Bloody Mary mix. Burns and McCoy is a family-run business. Their goal is to bring you only the best products made with the finest ingredients. Food should be fun. And they provide that fun with each unique flavor profile they offer. They're available at all grocery stores in the Front Range, or you can just check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. All right. Love them or hate them. You have the reality queens, the Kardashians. You have YouTubers, Facebookers, Instagrammers, you know, documenting their lives and making fat cash, which irritates me only because I'm jealous. But before all of that, guys, the OG of reality TV is sports. The drama of extra innings in order to make it to the World Series. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I love that. Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Are you serious? Yes, sign me up. A 3-0 series lead. Blown as the other team fights back to move on in the NBA playoffs. Oh, in the NFL, there's tons of drama every week as well. In fact, I'll always remember the 28-3, the Super Bowl, between the Patriots and, and the Falcons, where the Patriots were down 28-3. And it was funny because uh, at the time, I would write uh, updates for the radio station the next day, and, and so I'd have to send it off to the voice guy so he could just voice it. And my wife, as the score is 28 to 3, she's like, oh, that sucks. She's like, I guess I'll make it easy for you. You can just write it now and send it to them. I was like, no, I'm going to write a version where they end up coming back to the Patriots, come back to win because it's Tom freaking Brady. You can you can never count out Tom Brady. And she kind of looked at me funny, but then she's just like, meh. And then she was just glued to the game along with me. And normally my wife's not really into sports, but when there's always those moments where she ends up eating her own words because she'll be like, ah, I hate sports. That's the exact sound of her voice. Wow. Chills. I got chills. Anyway. Um, and no, but she'll always like, oh, I hate sports. So annoying. And then then you get in those moments when it's like the 28-3 to 3 and then the, the Patriots. As much as I hated the Patriots back then, they come back to win. Oh, it's just so dramatic. And it's just like, and I'm looking at her like, see, see, this is better than the fucking Kardashians. But, you know, it, 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 there's always a moment like that. It seems like every single week in the NFL, you could say that every single day in sports in general. There, there's some sort of moment where you're like, wow, whole, I love sports, you know, it type of thing. So then when you start to look at the Denver Broncos and their amazing history, there's been a lot of great dramatic, you know, moments. 
and and I'm going to get to some of these, and I guarantee you I'm missing a lot. Because there's just, you could say that for any franchise, but for the Denver Broncos, I've been a Bronco fan my entire life. There's so many memories. And I'm sure after I hit, hit stop on this, I'm going to be like, son of a bitch, I should have said this one, I should have said that one. But what I did prior to this episode is I mentioned it on social media, asking what your favorite, you know, dramatic moments in Denver Broncos history were. And I started things off with the helicopter play by John Elway in Super Bowl 32. Amazing moment. Yeah, I, John Elway was 37 at the time. You don't expect a 37-year-old man who's played the game of football and who has been beat down by the game of football physically to go and sacrifice his body like he did and then it just the energy that that I, I it's funny cuz I remember where I was I was watching that game Super Bowl 32 at the time I worked at Safeway in Broomfield Colorado the store doesn't exist anymore but I remember there was one girl that was downstairs working, but there was like nobody in the store. Everybody in f the fucking state of Colorado was doing the same thing that we were doing, except for that one girl. And uh, they were all watching the game. They're all ready for John Elway and the Denver Broncos to get over that hump and beat the shit out of the, the Green Bay Packers. And we knew it wasn't going to be easy. So we're all glued upstairs in the break room, uh, again, except for that one girl. I, felt, I kind of feel sorry for her. Eh, not really. But and, so we're all upstairs watching it, and, and the helicopter play happens. And I remember I look around to everybody else up there, and we all just kind of all just kind of like look at each other, and we're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. They want this. You know that they want it. They're in the game, obviously. But you're like, holy shit. John Elway just shoved it into a higher gear that we didn't know existed. Because he's putting his fucking body on the line. And he's doing a goddamn helicopter play. And what's funny is, like, I was watching something earlier tonight. I was just kind of, you know, reminiscing about some of these great moments. And, and I saw a video that was on NFL Network. They were talking about these uh, great moments in sports and in NFL Network at one point voted the helicopter play by John Elway in the Denver Broncos as the number eight most iconic moment or something like that. And there's a few people that were bagging on it. They're like, it was a fucking eight yard play. What the fuck? Huh? No, it's eight yards. They didn't even score on it. <laughs> That's my impression of journalist nerds who I've told you before can't fucking play anything other than video games because they're fucking nerds. <laughs> I told you about that story at Army-Navy where everybody thought all these uh, journalists were like, my God, Scott, you could have gone pro. <laughs> I'm like, no, you just aren't athletic. But anyway, circling back, it was an eight-yard play. Yes, it was. But that cemented the vibe for the rest of the game and was just this energy shot of confidence of like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is what's going to happen. And I'm sure that 
you, as a fellow Denver Bronco, you see that play, and you're like, okay, this is it. He wants it as bad as I do. Because you know every other guy would have done the same fucking thing if they were in that position. They would have. Because that's that was that team. That team was special. Not only did it, did it send shockwaves of energy, positive energy, throughout the Denver Broncos as they're on the field and on the sidelines, that sent a shockwave to Broncos country saying, fuck yeah, we're doing this. Get the body bags ready because the Packers are going down. And sure as shit, it happened. Now, obviously, there was other things that had to happen after that point. But that eight-yard play boosted, just injected them with this passion and this energy of like, yeah, this is happening. John from Twitter wrote, Mobley knocking down the fourth down pass in that Super Bowl against Green Bay. And up till then, the, the, the Packers and Brett Favre still had a chance to beat the Broncos. Yes, the helicopter play had already happened. But shit, man, there was just... The Elway play was just like, okay, yes, they are in a higher gear. And then for Mobley to actually just knock down that pass, like, holy fucking shit. And then just like the shock of like, oh my God, they did it. They won. And then after the game, another dramatic moment, Pat Bowen, Hall of Fame owner, lifting the Lombardi trophy and saying, this one's for John. Oh, my God. You can't write that any better. John Elway got kicked around in Super Bowls. He would play well, and the teams would just suck. So to finally get that, you know, whatever off his back, and, and to win it. And then in the fashion that they won it was just great. And then to come back the next year and, and do it again, but they did it to the Falcons, and they just, they owned the Falcons from the get-go. So it was very, that whole Super Bowl, there's so many moments in Super Bowl 32 that are just these this dramatic experience in in. I'd put that up against anything as far as any sort of reality show. Fuck reality shows. Give me the Broncos playing on Sunday anytime over some bullshit reality. Oh my God, yes. The ah, oh, it just the whole drama of I don't know why more people aren't into sports. Just about everybody I know is into sports, but if you're not into sports, I really don't understand you. <laughs> I really don't. Because when you really actually start watching it and you start investing in, say, pick a team, whatever team it is, and you just start getting invested in it and you start really noticing the ins and outs of, of you know, a season, you're like, oh my God, the, the drama that can happen in a course of a season is just amazing. And then you throw in like last year uh, with COVID, like every team was dealing with it, but just like just the chaos and the drama is just insane. Mark on Facebook said the Von Miller strip sack in Super Bowl 50. Great example. Great example. What's fascinating, what I'm always reminded about for Super Bowl 50 is when I had the opportunity to cover that 
Super Bowl. I'll always remember going to San Francisco and covering Super Bowl 50. I had a great time with Mike Evans going to Alcatraz. That was fun. We did a stupid little video. It's somewhere out there, uh, on maybe on my old Twitter account, but or uh, my old um, YouTube account. But maybe I'll post it again somewhere else. But just a great time. But I always remember we're on Radio Row, and every single person out there, with the exception of Denver Media was saying that the Carolina Panthers already won. Oh, look at how adorable the Denver Broncos are here. <laughs> Cab Newton and the Panthers are going to just destroy the Broncos. Oh, uh, that's cute. No. No. And I remember, and I've said this before, I covered Media Night, and that's where the, all the team, both teams go out there and talk to the media that's where a lot of bullshit media members are out there. They're not really media members, but they're there trying to just, you know, jerk off essentially in front of the players and get some two minutes of, of fame on, on their YouTube channel or whatever. I remember talking to Derek Wolf, like, hey, Wolf, can we, can we do a quick interview with you with like DMAC back at the radio station? He's like, sure, sure. Let me do this, this little interview first. So sure enough. He's like, this is so-and-so, and the, the guy's like this stereotypical, trying-to-be-over-the-top, uh, quote-unquote, talent. And he's like, okay, Derek, when you're at Taco Bell, what's your favorite menu item? And then it was funny, because Derek's like looking at the guy, and I'm just patiently waiting right next to Derek, and Derek does this slow turn towards me like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, I don't know. I don't really eat at Taco Bell, but a long time ago, I used to get this. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you heard it, guys. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. But rewinding again, everybody there that night, when we talked to the Panthers, the Panthers, in their minds, already won. Talking to the players. They're talking about the parade. They're talking about what they're going to do afterwards, vacation and stuff like that. They weren't concerned about the game. This is the Broncos. They got their ass kicked by the Seahawks a few years prior. So we're just going to do the same thing. No. No. Broncos come out on media night. You start, to, when I was talking to like Wolf and everybody like that, they had one job. And that job was to go out onto the field on that Sunday and beat the living shit out of the Panthers. And they did that. And then to kind of go back to the original statement by Mark on Facebook about the strip sack with Von Miller. Von Miller played his best fucking game. He wanted that victory. He was embarrassed by the Broncos losing to the Seahawks in Super Bowl forty-eight. Their job was to win, and they didn't care what they had to do to win, and they did it, and they played an amazing game. And you kind of look at the whole, that whole season in the drama of Peyton Manning just wasn't Peyton Manning anymore. He was His wheels were falling off, and it was, it was sad because prior to that, with uh, Peyton Manning, in a uniform, the Broncos uniform, he was just crushing it. But when it comes to that that season, he just 
he just wasn't the same. He was an amazing leader beyond, I think, anybody that was didn't actually play alongside. I, like, I don't think we can fully wrap our minds around how great he was as a leader and technically still is. But that's what helped them all get to that finish line of raising the Lombardi trophy. Pretty just amazing. KG on Twitter wrote, I'm going with that one guy who jumped too early and missed an easy interception from Joe Flacco. Who would have sealed the win and on to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that guy's name was Raheem Moore. Yeah, we try to block that one out. But, hey, hey, it happens. Shit happens. Don't bag on Raheem Moore. I'm sure if you really broke down the play, I'm sure somebody else fucked up too. I'm sure they did. But he's the scapegoat, and it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I tried to block that one out of my memory. You son of a bitch. God damn you, KG. This is supposed to be a nice little entertaining conversation about the Denver Broncos, and you bring up the painful memories, you son of a bitch, KG. Anyway. We're going to talk about some other amazing, some, ones, some that blindsided us with just amazement. Those are coming up next. But first, if you like to grill like we do over here at the DeHuff House, you got to listen up because I'm about to blow your mind. Okay, Our friends over at Cinch, they do home delivery for propane. Amazing. They come to your house, pick up your old tank, and leave you a fresh, full tank at the location you select, whether it's your driveway, doorstep, or porch. Super easy. New Cinch customers right now get their first tank exchange for just $10 when you use the promo code MILEHIGH at checkout. Just go to cinch.com, C-Y-N-C-H dot com, enter your zip code, order your tank, select a delivery date, use the promo code MILEHIGH, that's all one word, and then set your tanks out for exchange. Super simple. Trust me. Again, go to cinch.com, C-Y-N-C-H.com, and make sure you use that promo code MILEHIGH, all one word, at checkout. It's January 8th, 2012. AFC wildcard game. Denver taking on Pittsburgh. Tim Tebow is the Broncos quarterback. Somehow he has them all tied up at 23. They're in overtime. Listen, Tebow wasn't a good quarterback, okay? But on that day, he was. I think he, I want to say he finished the game with like 316 yards. He played well, okay? The very first play in overtime, Broncos have the ball on the 20. Tebow finds Demarius Thomas about at the 40. DT's cutting across the field. Tebow hits him. DT does the rest. 80-yard touchdown. Broncos beat the Steelers and move on. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. And I just, I remember that. We're like, holy fuck. And then they get their ass kicked, you know, next week. But whatever. But that's one of those dramatic moments. It's like Tebow wasn't that good. He had flashes, and that's where it was like, wow. And then he does that, and he has a good game passing. So, and then, the, you know, they they win. 
they win because of his arm connecting with a with a receiver and you just don't it, you wouldn't expect that it's dramatic so good for Tebow that's you know I'm sure shit wasn't expecting that I believe that was Tebow's last play as a Bronco too which would be pretty badass if if, if I'm correct on that that's one way to go Ron on Twitter wrote Haven Moses to the house in the 1977 AFC Championship game. 70 yards added an exclamation mark to the Broncos beyond just a cute orange crush fad. And the franchise really has never looked back with the exception of a few hiccups here and there. Very cool. Thank you, Ron. That's way before my time, but yes, this one stood out to me as well. Dave on Twitter said, TD going over 2,000 yards. I was there. Before the Broncos sucked baboon balls and sucked goat's ass like they do now. (laughs) He is a wordsmith. I like it. If you're at the point where you're sucking baboon balls and sucking goat ass, you really need to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, what am I doing with my life? As you spit out the balls and... Get out the goat hair from the goat ass. Broncos. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I remember that. And I was hoping to get a hold of uh, Mark Schlereth, um, but he's not answering my calls right now. Anyway. <laughs> but he, I remember him telling the story of, of when TD was about to go over 2,000 yards. And they're like, we got to get Terrell these 2,000 yards, and they would constantly be checking with the sideline, like, how many more? And then they'd just be fighting. So you can't here's – the, here's the thing. 2,000 yards is a very big feat to do in one season. And that is a credit to the offensive line. And, listen, we all kind of, you know, chuckle a little bit when Schlereth talks about, you know, his, you know – his abilities on the field in dispensing justice. But here's the thing. He did dispense justice. That whole fucking offensive line for the Denver Broncos dispensed fucking justice day in and day out. They were good. They are the reason why, along with Terrell Davis, why Terrell Davis was so good and why Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer. You can't have one without the other. Well, I guess you could say... Look at Barry Sanders. He he essentially did that on his own. Could you imagine if Barry Sanders had an offensive line like, you know, the Denver Broncos did? Holy shit. What would he be like? What would have his legacy have been? But anyway, yeah, the, the, the whole idea that the whole offensive line and everybody on that, on that team wanted Terrell Davis to get that 2,000 yards. They fought. They bled. They sweat, obviously to get that for him, to help him get it. And TD was just great. And that offense in as a whole was just great. So that's, that's, that is a cool moment, Dave, of the whole, and, and it just the drama of that. I could, I could only imagine just the, be like, you're, the clock is running out and you're just like, really, we got to get him this 2000. We have to get him 2000 yards and just, your body's tired. You've been doing this all day. And you're like, fuck it, man. We're digging deep. We're getting him that 2,000. And they did it. And, and I think that's just that would be just 
a, a moment. I, I could only imagine what it would have been like to be just even on the sideline for that game. Just how exciting the 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 intensity of like, oh, they got to do it. They got to do it. And then just boom, he does it. It was very cool. Okay, another dramatic moment in Denver Broncos history. This was actually the most mentioned. And when I say it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, done. The drive. It's the 1986 AFC Championship game. It was played in January of 1987. The Denver Broncos were in Cleveland to play the Browns. You've probably, even if you're new to sports, you've probably heard of the drive. But if you haven't, John Elway and the Broncos had to go 98 yards to tie the game. They had five, minute, five minutes, 32 seconds to do it. Otherwise, they're done. They don't move on. Again, this is the AFC Championship game. They win, they go to the Super Bowl. So Elway and the Broncos chipped away. 98 yards is a long way to go. They chipped away. Steve Sewell, Sammy Winder, Steve Watson, Mark Jackson, they fought for every single fucking yard. Then while they're on the Browns' five-yard line, they fucking walked all, essentially, you know, chipped away all the way to the five-yard line. Elway finds Mark Jackson in the middle of the end zone. They tie it up. They go to overtime, and the Broncos end up beating the Browns 23-20, to thanks to Rich Carlos. That's just, that is just, I wish I would have, see, at that time, I was, I was probably like seven, and I was, I was a Bronco fan, but I didn't fully comprehend what I was watching. And, and, and I wish I was older when that happened, because that that's just such a great moment such a great moment you know what's another amazing thing about just the drama of sports and the NFL is you know we love the underdog it's funny you know as i'm recording this the broncos just released you know they're trimming down their roster to 53 just like all the other teams Royce Freeman got cut and I, little shocked on that. He played decent. And um, I want to say he averaged like four yards, roughly four yards a carry last year. Good running back. He's going to end up going somewhere in the NFL and make an impact. And good for him. But it's always one of those things where we love the underdog. Remember Philip Lindsay? How could you forget Philip Lindsay? He grew up in Denver. Uh, went to a local high school. Went to CU. And then... Doesn't get drafted, but the Broncos end up signing him. He totally has this chip on his shoulder, and, you know, he carries it well. He carries that chip. That, that chip got him two back-to-back -back seasons, his rookie year and the following year, with over 1,000 yards rushing. Okay? And he's a small guy, but he had that, you know, that underdog feel about him. And we couldn't help but just root for him. He's a local guy. He had this so much, you know, such a great story behind him. And there's always these great stories in sports. And that's what's cool. 
you got these guys that not necessarily Philip Lindsay, but the, all these other guys are like they they came from nothing and they fought their way up. And coaches told them that they were they weren't going to amount to shit, and then next thing you know, they're you know winning a championship or they're winning a gold medal somewhere. That's that's awesome. That's what sports is. Sports is just not giving up. You're kicked down. Life has just kicked you in the fucking nuts, kicked you in the teeth, and you're sitting there battered and bleeding, and you're like, fuck you. Fuck you, life. I'm getting back up, and I'm taking what's mine. And that's what is cool, is like Philip Lindsay, yeah, he's, he's with the Houston Texans now, and I, I wish him great success, but it is cool to see how he, he never gave up. I always try to get my kids to watch sports and I tried to tell them backstories on people and be like, yeah, people didn't think he was good enough. And then he ends up being one of the best running backs in the league. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Now do your fucking homework. <laughs> Look at Peyton Manning guys. Talk about a dramatic story. Number one draft pick by the, the Colts back in the day, playing himself as a Colt into the Hall of Fame, won a Super Bowl. Then he gets injured. Horrible injury. Horrible injury. He can't even, he's playing catch with his buddy Todd Helton. And he can hardly throw it. Like he, it's just like, like falling. He, his, his body's just not working. And he builds himself back up. The determination to never give up. And to say, again, give the middle finger to life and say, you're not going to win. I'm winning. And, you know, that Broncos, quote unquote, take a chance on him. And they sign him. He takes the reins and leads the Broncos to two Super Bowls in four seasons. Wins one Super Bowl then retires on top despite his wheels falling off in his final season. But, wow. That. Listen, guys, eventually expect it. I don't know when it's going to be, but expect the Peyton Manning story to be a movie. And it should be. Oh, you know who's going to be in it, though. Brandon Stokely, his best friend. And if you guys have never heard, Brandon Stokely is from the bayou. He's like, Peyton Manning. Hey, Peyton. <laughs> I, haven't done the, I haven't done the Stokely voice in forever. I don't work at the radio station anymore, so I don't have to do it. I'm a raging Cajun. That's the, that's the line I always go back to. I'm a raging Cajun right now. I'm hotter than a red pepper. Peyton, you're my best friend. I love you. Want to sleep on my hide-a-bed? <laughs> Peyton's my best friend. He slept on my hide-a-bed. I fed him chicken nuggets. Now he's a Super Bowl champion and a Hall of Famer. I'm a raging Cajun right now. It's a horrible Stokely impression. But <laughs> I, you, what's funny about that voice real quick is I remember people are like, uh, can you do a Stokely voice? And I'm trying, I'm trying to do it, and it's just, the Cajun accent is just interesting to me. It's just really odd. And Stokely has that, and I'm like, ah, just fuck it. I'll just do it. 
I'll just do, I'm a raging Cajun right now. Look at me. I'm hotter than a red pepper. Peyton, I love you. <laughs> I love Stokely. Stokely is such a, Stokely is a really good dude. Very talented. I, I was just so impressed by him and Zach By in their show. They do an amazing job. Just top-notch, amazing show. They do a great Stokely and Zach on the fan. So I really appreciate both of them. But yeah, Stokely, I'm just giving you shit. I know he listens nonstop. He doesn't. He doesn't, you son of a bitch. You never call. Anyway, yeah, so if I were to put a bow on this, and give you my most dramatic moments in Denver Broncos history. I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you five. And obviously I'm biased to what I, I saw for the most part. So, number five. Von Miller strip sack. That, and, and I guess you could kind of just say Von Miller, his whole performance in Super Bowl 50. And how he just elevated that, that defense. Him and, of course, DeMarcus Ware, they were just on fire. And they damaged Cam Newton. So that would be not my number five. T number four, Tebow to Demarius Thomas to beat the Steelers. Tebow had no right to be a quarterback. No. But he did it, and he played well that game. And he can say he won a playoff game in the NFL. So Tip of the hat. Nobody saw that coming. Number three, Peyton Manning becomes a Denver Bronco. To isolate the really the Peyton Manning's impact to like one, you know, you know, one season or anything like that. No, you really just him coming to the Denver Broncos just inflated and just brought life back into the franchise that was struggling since the the departure of John Elway as a player. So the fact that Peyton Manning became a Denver Bronco was just huge, huge. And what he did for the franchise in, in the fan base was just amazing. And I remember going from covering Tim Tebow to covering Peyton Manning, and it was just, it was just so amazing. And it's like you could just feel that the, the atmosphere changed. Like you could almost touch it. It was just like this greatness. It was in the air. And he was the one just, you know, you know, it was coming out of him that he couldn't help it. That's what he did. He led. And he fucking dominated. It was great. Number two, John Elway's helicopter play. Super Bowl 32. I think I'll, despite the fact that it was only an eight-yard run, it's like that was so impactful. So impactful. And it just began the chill moments of Super Bowl 32 where you're like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen, guys. You're looking around the room wherever you were watching the game, and you're like, holy fuck. The Denver Broncos are going to be Super Bowl champions. You knew it right there. You knew it wasn't going to be easy, but you knew it was going to fucking happen. And it did. Number one. The drive. The legend of John Elway was born in Cleveland as he dominated on that 98-yard drive. Chipped away. Wasn't... It's just, you go back and you can find it on YouTube, The whole that whole drive. 
And it was just chipping away, chipping away. Beautiful, beautifully done. Great, great job by John Elway and the Denver Broncos. And it was a legend, in a sense, was born then. You, you ask anybody, what do you remember about John Elway, whether they're a Denver Bronco fan or not, they're going to say the drive. The drive or the helicopter play, to be honest. That's what it is. So, very cool. And maybe I missed some moments. Feel free. You can hit me up on social media, at DeHuff Podcast on Twitter, or DeHuff Uncensored on Instagram or Facebook. You can find the page. Or you can just hit me an email, uh, Uncensored at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hey, by the way, I got the August numbers in, and guess what? We're, we beat July, we beat June, we beat May, April. Like, I am just in awe of the numbers and all you guys that are listening to this podcast. I truly, truly appreciate it. I got episode 50 coming up soon. I'm going to give away some prizes for that. I got some hats and shirts that I want to give away to some of you. And it's, it's, it's the least I can do is try to give you guys some opportunities to, uh, you know, wear my gear. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I, there's not enough words for me to say thank you. And just keep listening, uh, keep sharing it, and I truly appreciate it. You know, just like it. If you see a post, just like it. You don't always have to comment, and that's okay. But give me a like. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you're listening on the podcast format, on the audio side of things. Make sure you share it, and if you're able, give it a nice review. Thanks to Burns and McCoy. Go ahead and check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. And thanks to Cinch. Go to cinch.com, C-Y-N-C-H.com. Make sure you use the promo code MILEHIGH, that's all one word, to get that first propane tank exchange for just $10. Thank you guys so much. Again, I from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you guys. Let's keep moving forward. We'll talk to you next time.